1: I was tripping balls pretty hard, man. So I decided to get on my bench grinder and uh, a piece of metal flew up and hit me right in the eye. It's pretty awesome. And uh, that brings us to now.
2: up everybody welcome to episode 190 of the bone bat show this is steve and yeah, this is guard how's it going man oh man it's a weird time steve it is one of weird. those weird times it's a weird, weird year time altogether, but uh why is but, I mean,
3: this week just, weird just even this week i don't think i discussed it on the show maybe i did it's all a blur but i was briefly involved in a fire there was a fire i was in it i stomped it out i moved on But the shirt I was wearing was really sweaty and smoky, as shirts are wont to do when you're stomping out a fire. So I took it to the cleaners, because this was a work shirt. It had my company logo embroidered on the Chestel region, and I thought, you know, I own very few of these shirts. I really ought to take care of this one. So... I took it, to, and it's nicer than the average shirt that I wear, just in terms of the quality of the material and everything. Since this is a company shirt, I you know went beyond the usual T-shirt with a skull on it that I wear.
2: Was it some it, sort of a a wool blend or a uh, what? What exactly was the makeup of this fine
3: shirt? You know, it wasn't wool. I don't wear wool because I have very sensitive skin. <laughs> wool is itchy. <laughs>
2: And that's why we keep him away from the
3: sheet, folks. There's that. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I got to do llamas. That's just llamas, <laughs> alpaca, alpaca fudge. What?
0: What?
2: Oh, no. i What? cutting that out. That's coming right out of the show.
3: That's right out of the shoot. Wait. What are we talking about? So, uh, yeah, this shirt, I don't know. It's some high-quality, non-itchy shirt, which is nice for me. Buttons and everything. Took it to the cleaner to get cleaned, and I forgot about it for like a week. And I'm like, oh, hey, now I'm looking at my calendar. Two weeks have passed. I've got to go see a customer. I should get my shirt. I go to the cleaner. It's like it's a mo- it's emptied out. There's nothing but an <laughs> empty room where this cleaner used to be. And there's like a couple of boxes that say clothes hangers on them. And an old sign knocked over and like a, a fire extinguisher and nothing else. It is the, the, gone.
2: Oh, jeez, That's <laughs> oh, crazy. And so you didn't I, get an email or anything like oh, letting you know that, hey, we're going out of business. Come get, come get your shirt. Not a goddamn thing. They just packed up and whoop, gone. <laughs>
3: and it, I started having one of those moments where you're like, OK, am I dreaming?
2: did i take it to this dry clean was there that was that was like the second question did i really bring it here was there ever really a dry cleaner here or did i dream it dude yeah it was it was (laughs) like some some movie you know you go home
3: and like it's a whole bunch of different people in your house and it's painted a different color and they're like who are you no really
2: it was right here
3: yeah i swear to god there was a dry cleaner there's no sign that says dry cleaner son (laughs) what about that box of hangers That doesn't prove anything. I got a box of hangers just like it.
0: Why do you have a box of hangers? (laughs) Ask
2: Tom. Tom's been dead (laughs) since 1945.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, so
3: that's me. That's me this week. I got to go see a client tomorrow, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go there. I
2: got to go naked.
3: Empty building. I was going
2: to wear a shirt, but my hands are tied.
3: I'm standing here naked in an empty building again, officer. I swear,
0: I'm in a business meeting. Six months from
2: now, you drive by there, unrelated, you're like going to buy paint or somewhere, and it's all there again. (laughs) Dude, I worry about that. I literally worry
3: about that. Like, I'm going to go by in a month. Like, oh, no, they just were remodeling, didn't you know? Everyone knew that. <laughs> yeah, it was
2: just
3: Where have you been? There was a parade and everything.
2: <laughs> they were fumigating for smoke after the fires. Right,
3: yeah. They, they had, had a shirt in here. Set everything up. Yeah, take fire. everything out. We ever find the son of a bitch that brought that GT printing equipment shirt in?
2: <laughs> that shirt stunk so bad, it ruined the whole business. <laughs> <It> destroyed everything. <laughs> I had to come back and smelled. like. They, yeah, they the, had to have the bricks cleaned that's the you scrub the bricks no i think
3: like I, next time i go back the the businesses on either side then those are emptied out and it just keeps expanding <laughs> like spreading yeah eventually takes over the entire county wow that's crazy yeah. man i don't even know
2: that's the craziest story
3: so uh what are we listening to <laughs>
2: That is super weird. Well, uh, we've got some awesome music tonight, courtesy of Raven out of the UK. Uh, as you know, I'm a longtime fan of this band all the way back when I picked up All for One back in the uh, early 80s on a cross-country trip with Gordon to Sacramento Tower Records. That was the first time I tried Raven. Been a fan ever since. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they released a brand new album called Metal City. So we're checking some of that out. Uh, we opened with the song Motorheading. A salute to the one and only Lemmy, and we're going to have much more music during the show, as well as a chat with uh, frontman John Gallagher himself. So how cool is that? That's cool. It is. Other cool stuff. You know, we are just a mare. Uh, by the time this comes out, a week away from the 10th Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest.
3: We're a mare?
2: Mare? M-E-R-E? That's a word. Mere? Yeah,
3: I always say mere. I thought a mayor was like a horse. It's that, or a leader of a town.
2: A mirror. Week away from the Bone Bat Comedy Forest Film Fest. There, you okay? We good?
3: Yeah, right. I think. We well, now you got me wondering. You know, how do you say mirror? Mare.
2: The indecision is going to leave me writhing vehemently. <laughs> ah. so, Hold on. One week. Yeah, away, I just check. Uh, get your tickets at BoneBat.eventive.org. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff for you. Fifty nine sixty shorts from around the world. It's an insane amount of awesome. That's Over so two much nights, short. It's going to start 6 p.m. on the 10th and 6 p.m. on the 11th. It'll run about five hours each night. Live on tape music from the Pine Box Boys each night. And tons of horror comedy. The best horror comedy we can find from around the world for your viewing pleasure. So, how cool is that?
3: It's the coolest thing in the world, and if you don't have a ticket, you should get a ticket.
2: That's right, bonebat.eventive.org. We had our swag pickup event last weekend, and that was a lot of fun. Got to socially distanced see a lot of our favorite people from the Seattle area that we only get to see at Film Festival time. Came out and uh, picked up their hoodies, their t-shirts, their enormous packages. But not everybody did so, Gord. Really? I still Is have something a better to do of boxes of merch in my living room. And my wife assures me that they will go or I will. So please get in touch with me, steve at bonehand.com, if we still owe you a piece of clothing or an enormous package. And uh, we'll make arrangements to get that sent out to you. Uh, we still also have regular merch uh, from this year's festival on sale at square.com. You can get a link at the Bone Bat page. uh, We will have uh, shirts on sale throughout the fest while supplies last. So uh, get them while you can. Uh, They're not an unlimited amount of sizes and styles, so uh, the sooner that you purchase your shirt, the better for you. Also, we have our trailer of the day still running for about one more week. Uh, I've saved some uh, pretty good stuff for the last week, so check that out. Uh, Doesn't matter if you're on Twitter, if you're on instagram if you're on facebook you can still enjoy the bone bat trailer of the day
3: it's a good thing we have so many shorts this year i mean otherwise we'd be repeating trailers
2: <laughs> or i should start later i don't know i'm su- kind of sweating to be honest with you i still have one trailer spot left so uh hopefully one of our filmmakers will fill it if not we'll show the uh total bone bat trailer that you were so kind at it yourself so. Oh, oh, God. That's a that's a nice-looking piece of video right there.
3: Why, thank you, Steve. I had no idea what I was doing.
2: <laughs> Every time.
3: Yes, once a year, I'm I, I forced course. to open up this program and go, how ah, does this work? <laughs> that's it's right. not even a program anymore. It's an app. I remember back when it was a program. That's right, yeah.
2: All right, man. Well, uh, why don't we talk about what we always do at this time? Gord, what pisses you off man
3: steve i think we're we're both in the same realm here and why don't you go first this time
2: okay jesus so you ever do something really stupid and it just pisses you off how dumb you can be all the time so a couple of weeks ago uh the shower in our kids bathroom the shower lever broke off is that called a handle perhaps i think so shower handle
3: and, you, know, <laughs> you can call it, can call it a, a water a, lever if you like. a young
2: high school lad, and uh, somehow he managed to bust the hell out of the shower lever. So, uh, <laughs> this is a shower lever price-feaster circuit, the 1960s, so it took me like a couple hours searching on the internet to actually identify what the hell it was. But fortunately, there was a company in New Jersey that had the exact cylinder and handle needed to replace this shower head. So placed my order uh, for a week. We only had one bathroom in the house so was working for showers, but uh, finally the pieces I needed showed up to do the fix. So I saved it for Saturday morning. You know, oftentimes when you open up a shower, there's a way to shut off the water right there at the valve so you can do some work on it without having all the water spray out in your face. You recognize this as being a thing, right? It's a thing, sure. Yeah, sure, Okay, but one of them, and my dad tells me that this is the case often, uh, the hot side had corroded. And so I sprayed stuff on it, but I never could get the hot side to loosen up. So what I had to do is shut off the water at the street. Now, I've done this before. Uh, it was quite some time ago, but we had to replace a water heater. So at that time, I had to actually, you know, sprint out to the street and shut off the water, and I was able to do that. So... It's early in the morning, I groggily wander out to the street and shut off the water, and I come back in, and uh, turn on the faucet, expecting it to dwindle quickly, but no, it doesn't, and I can't figure out what happened, so I figure, oh, you know what, I bet you there's water in the water heater, that must be it, so I told Julie, uh, Julie, why don't you take a shower, and then uh, when you're done, probably the water <laughs> will stop, and then, you know, we'll be fine, and I'll be able to fix it. So she goes in the other bathroom, takes a shower. Water stays strong like bull the whole time. (laughs) Weird, huh? Maybe there's a lot. I don't know. It's a 40-gallon tank or something like that, maybe. uh, So I'll take a shower, too. So I'm in there taking a shower, and it dawns on me, oh, fuck, I turned the neighbor's water off. (laughs) So I quickly jump out (laughs) of the shower, dry off, go sprinting out to the street with my wrench. Just in time to see the city water and power truck pull up to <laughs> the curb. God damn it! So I, uh, I turn off the the water and I said, "I bet I, I, I bet I know what you're here for." He Those goes, goddamn oh. kids again. <laughs> and he goes, "You turned off the wrong water, didn't you?" And I go, "Yep." I turned their water back on, turned mine off, fixed the shower, took the neighbors a bottle of wine.
3: So <laughs> <to laughs> you're taking them a bottle of water
2: do <laughs> apologize, they were totally cool about it. Oh, it could happen to anybody. No, it can only happen to me because I'm a moron.
3: Yeah, I was wondering—is your water heater like suspended forty feet in the air? Uh, why did you think you'd still have
2: <laughs> I water? Know. Like I said, it was early in the morning. I hadn't had much coffee yet. I just wasn't—I didn't think it all out. Would be my excuse for all right. uh, the the sad strategic error I made, but. Uh, At the end of the day, now my son can take a shower again. We had a valuable conversation about how to work a shower handle so as not to break it. And uh, I've apologized to my neighbors, and uh, I think they don't hate me, so all is well. But still, ah, that pisses me off.
3: Yeah, I've been having all kinds of plumbing issues. You're
2: you're of a certain age.
3: Yes, exactly. (laughs)
2: Let
3: me tell you, I don't have the flow I once did. I had, a, I had a toilet that was so beyond anything I could repair, I had to have professional plumbers come out and, and like, Roto-Rooter out the line. And then I had a shower head that sprung a leak, and the thing was old. It was just old and corroded, so I replaced it. And I replaced it with one of the new, modern... Water-saving shower heads. And I'm, I'm cool with, you know, save saving water. If the flow is a little bit less than it used to be, that's cool too. This new shower head, you turned it on full blast and it was like in an anemic dribble. Just a, You know, it was like a heavy fog. It was not something one could use technically to, I don't know, say rinse shampoo out of their hair. So I went, all right, I think I know the problem here. And I went and I took the thing apart. There's what's called a flow restrictor, which isn't just a prostate the size of a beefsteak (laughs) tomato. And it's a a little plastic disc with with a few tiny holes in it. And what a smart person would do would be to perhaps drill a larger hole in it, put the thing back in, and then you'd have more water flow. What I did is I took the whole thing out. And now when you turn on the shower, if you turn it on full blast, you will strip skin straight <laughs> off of your skeleton. Just boosh! It I use it to like scour pans now. It's amazing. It's dangerous. If you if you turn it and you get it to hot instead of being like, ooh, owie, it's a little hot in the shower. No, you've absolutely cooked whatever the waters touch. So now we're in, like, a retraining process where we're training ourselves to only turn the shower on halfway because full blast isn't just wasteful, it's fucking dangerous.
2: (laughs) So this is like the the plumbing equivalent of filing the pin off on your (laughs) semi-auto?
3: You kind of like that, yeah. It's like going, hey, did you know that this 12-gauge slug fits into my flare pistol? It's
0: That's crazy!
2: Yeah. Now I've got a shotgun Ooh. pistol.
3: Oh yeah! <laughs> so you and I, we are of an age where we're having uh, we are having plumbing issues, aren't you we? know,
2: actually, that that brings up something. I think the shower head in our master bathroom is haunted. <laughs> what? So I did like you did. I bought the low flow shower head and replaced it. With, you know, trying to save water. It's better for the environment. That good stuff. And so for I don't know a year it was like low flow. is was, you know, less than you'd probably want. You, you go to a hotel and you're like, wow, this is what a real shower feels like. It's been so yeah. long. But uh, then all of a sudden one day I take a shower and bam, like this is awesome. It's like full flow again. I don't know why. And for like three months it was full flow. And then for a while it went back down to slow flow again. Huh. Wonder why that is. A couple months later, regular flow comes back. So every once in a while it changes, and I've 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 worried a little bit. Hey, do I have a broken pipe or something? I've crawled around in the basement, everything's dry as a bone. So all I can guess is that like the city, when they do different work on things, they're putting more pressure in a certain part of the line, maybe? I don't know. It's really weird.
3: I think you got a ghost stuck in your shower head.
2: It might be. Is it that mean he's looking at my penis? Because I can't have that.
3: That's absolutely what he's looking it's at. What else would a head ghost it's look like?
2: making at? me nervous. I don't know. Send it to
3: my house. I don't care. You can look all he wants. If it doesn't it for him, <laughs> you know, more power to him. Come on, Mr. Ghost. Take a look. I'm doing this for you. Uh, Just make sure – help me out. Make sure you block the water if I inadvertently turn it up full blast. <laughs>
2: there you go.
3: It's like a, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of situation. So after <laughs> I finished my – showerhead repair and and that all that drama was behind me I'd done the the toilet situation the shower situation things were done my wife walks into my office and she's holding a busted off faucet handle in her hand. (laughs) I kid you not she had broken the handle off of the sink
2: (laughs) can I recommend a faucet company in New Jersey Not if
3: you mispronounce it. It's pronounced Fister. (laughs) Come on, say it. Does it embarrass you? You say Uranus 2 instead of the right name for the planet? It's
2: German. It's Fister. There's no way it's Fister. It's Fister. It is not. Get the fuck out of here with that.
3: (laughs) Now, we we have a very uh, reverse role situation, though, with that faucet. I go, she's like, I got to fix a faucet. I do not want to have to shop for a faucet. I go, I will go shop for a faucet if you install it deal we both thought we got the better end of that bargain <laughs> oh <laughs> have fun crawling around under the sink on jesus i want <laughs> no part of that it's good to marry a capable woman
2: <laughs> that's true let's listen to a tune okay all right this is another brand new one from raven off metal city 2020 this is top of the Mountain. We are back, and once again, that was Top of the Mountain from Raven's brand-new release, Metal City. And joining us now on the show, the one and only John Gallagher. Uh, Raven Lunatic It's reporting for duty, sir.
1: ha <laughs> good to hear, good to hear. I'm very happy to be here, sir. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to uh, chat with you. Now, i, I got to say, I was a little bit pleasantly surprised that... Uh, when I saw that Metal City was coming out. I mean, you had just uh, released uh, the amply titled Screaming Murder, Death from Above, Live in Aalborg last year, and I, I didn't think that I was expecting a new Raven right away, and there it was this summer, and I was so excited to hear about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it all came together really nicely because we have been working on this record for like three years, and we'd had a number of roadblocks and calamities and when it got to the tail end of, or oh, like maybe three quarters of the way through 2018, we knew it wasn't going to be ready. Well, like this is ridiculous. Let's put something out. Do we have any live stuff? What do we got? Maybe mm-hmm. an EP? You know, something just to show that we're viable, live and kicking. We're still putting records out. What's the deal? So, Mike had a bunch of stuff, and he looked through, and a guy had given him a memory stick from a show we played almost a year earlier in Denmark in the tail end of 2017 when we were opening up for Udo for Udo Dirk Schneider and mm-hmm. um, he just said you've got to hear this thing it's like unbelievable and there was like one tiny technical error where I broke a string in Hell Patrol but I kept singing uh-huh. so it was like you know maybe three seconds of no bass so we fixed that and that was it.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Other so than was, that, boom, was this like it a, was all the, Was it like a soundboard recording that the the soundman gave Mike after the fact? Or how did the recording yeah, actually happen? Yeah, but it happened? was,
1: but it, it, I mean, it was it was multi-track. Okay, Which cool. is incredible. They yeah. can do that now, straight off the board. And we got a few. But on the other ones, uh, there was some technical issues where, you know, like, they didn't have the mic on the guitar properly or something stupid like that. On this one, it was all there. It was like, Whoa! Even these days, you'd have in the back of your head that everything you do is being videotaped when you play in a band, right? Sure, yeah. You know, you go to the bathroom. I mean, literally, I've had people take photographs of me coming out of the bathroom. It's like, Oh, thanks very much. (laughs) You know, you can stick that and all, right? (laughs) But, uh you know, the concept of you're recording a live album tonight, you know, makes you, you know, put your guard up a little bit, maybe, you know? It's sure. it, it's in the back of your mind. There was no such thing during this one. We had no clue it was being recorded. Therefore, it's the real deal. Full flight, boom. Crazy. And it was a perfect way to bridge between Extermination and Metal City. Introduced Mike to the raven, lunatic world and you know, it just set it up perfectly so we did have the time then to get the mix done and to get the artwork done and even that got delayed because we wanted to bring it out earlier this year and we wanted a tour Mm -hmm. and the bands we wanted on as open as for us in Europe couldn't commit at the time, so you know what we waited this long. Let's postpone. And as soon as we said that, then the pandemic happened. So right, sure. it was kind of lucky, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: right. Well, some of these tunes, uh you had actually been playing live, right? I-, I think when you visited here in Seattle last in 2018, I believe that you played Top of the Mountain at that gig, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we'd been playing Top of the Mountain for quite a while, uh, which was fun and great we've never done that in years like here's a new song and people you know you get an unvarnished opinion right there and then Mm -hmm. and when you get the second chorus and people have got their fists in the air and they're singing along (laughs) well you know you, you know you you hit a home run as it were well so yeah we had that but uh we haven't played anything else live off, off it yet, mm-hmm. but we will be. <laughs> ah,
2: beautiful. Well, you know, that's one of the things about Metal City is the catchiness of the riffs and the hooks just get caught in my head. You know, I'm singing Top of the Mountain. I'm take, singing Metal City. This album, goddamn, it's so catchy.
1: Well, that's, you know, we we, we got it right. You know, we, we'd worked very hard on writing the last album and we kind of boiled down the process a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for, for this one where it was like, you didn't have to write a song and then like tear it apart and go, oh, we don't need three wheels here. We don't need two steering wheels, you know, <laughs> that kind of <laughs> stuff. We kind of like uh, just build it right from the get-go. And I was very prolific on this one. I, I wrote an awful lot of songs, maybe 30, 35 It's crazy.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah.
1: Mark got inspired by that, and he wrote a load of songs. So before Mike had even joined, we were looking at this huge cache of songs. Where it's like, we're in a great place here because we've definitely got a killer album. Yeah. It's you know, or two, (laughs) or three.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you'll you'll have a follow up uh, not long after with that sort of. uh,
1: Well, that's absolutely. That's the plan. I mean, obviously. Even since then, but we've been writing and writing. And we've been writing, as the three of us, uh, we had a couple of sessions in doing that. So, you know, that future part looks really exciting and great. We're happy about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we had the opportunity going, okay, what, what would be a killer opener? This one or this one. Uh, this one, let's take that, you know, and, yeah, and sure. going like that. And just... Had, had it built, so we kind of pre-sequenced it. <laughs> 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 this would be great here. You know, this would be the perfect, and uh, what do you think in the middle? Uh, let's do a ten song. Let's not do 15, 20, 64 songs, because... <sighs> You know, let's let's get, give it that, uh, you know, Van Halen 1, uh, first Montrose album, the 35, 40 minute boom, boom, kick you in the head, and then you want to hear it again, you know?
2: Sure, yeah, that, that level of focus, I absolutely get that.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great to stretch out and sprawl out, but, I mean, that was the only thing that would really pull us up about on Extermination, is it was, uh, in old school terms, it was a double album. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard for people to get their head around unless it's a so-called concept album, you know, which, you know, I, I would never say never, but it, it's not really your... Uh, we're not going to be travelling to the land of Oz. <laughs> there it is! We have just got my new concept album. It's going to be based on The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> So we're, oh, well, we're all going to be we're all going to be from the northeast of England, and we're, we're trying to get uh, uh, our favorite pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Something strong in this coffee today, I think. I think mean, the tea you thing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, you guys are kind of known for like you know hard hitting banger songs, the old crash bang wallop, if you will. But uh, songs like Metal City and When Worlds Collide. There's a different flavor of songwriting that I'm really appreciating this time around.
1: I mean for myself I just come up with the riffs and just follow them down and you make a song and then stand back and go, you know, does it hang? Does it work? And some of the riffs were absolutely different. And Metal City has that circular seven eight thing, you know, da yeah. da 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 going around and when you put that against a straight beat, it's uh, hypnotic and mesmerizing, which is fun. And <laughs> uh, Worlds Collide was something I came up with. It just sounded like a movie soundtrack. Just the... It's like very strange.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Expanded that and then came up with a bass line that did the opposite. It started high and went low. And then when you combine that with the the way the vocals are stacked... It's uh, Vista Vistavision Cinerama <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I gotta say I'm really enjoying the album and uh, I hope that our listeners pick it up because uh, it's a great bit of listening and it was totally timely considering it's been a tough year and to have some amazing music coming out right in the middle of it is very much appreciated
1: Yeah I mean that's that, like I said that was the luck part of it uh, you know we would have loved to tour and have it out in May and all the rest of it, but mm-hmm. uh, having to postpone it, the only outlet people have got is new music. There's no live, so it's it's crazy. So it's 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 been good to to be able to serve this up. And for a band that's been around as long as we have, I mean, it's 46 years since me and Mark started the band. Wow, that's Amazing. insane. <laughs> I mean, we were only two year old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for us to come up with you this album which I think
2: yeah, you could barely lift a I think a it's
1: of that age. I'd, I'd, you could barely breathe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's the, the best album we've ever done I really think that and for us to come up with that after this time doesn't happen very often
0: mm-hmm.
1: most bands at our age are you know they're on fumes and they're putting out okay stuff at best this is not okay this is a great record so
2: We'll, it was very cool we'll that put
1: you- that down. That's the gauntlet thrown down. Beat that. There you go. <laughs> well,
2: it's was very cool that you got to work with uh, Michael Wagner on the mix. I mean, this guy—he's been on some a, a ton of my favorite albums. He mixed "Freaking Restless" and "Wild," "Too Fast for Love," "Master of Puppets."
1: Well, he, funnily enough, he actually didn't mix this one. Oh, he did not. He okay. engineered it. No, my, uh, my
2: mistake on the terminology. So that's about. all
1: right. We we've been producing ourselves now since. Jeez, 1986. And we've done a record with Michael where he engineered the whole thing like 20 years ago now. Jeez, Mm. uh, one for all. But we were all in the studio. Mike had already done the drums at his place. We were in a studio with a guy. And I don't really want to get into it, but it didn't work. And we had to scrap everything after like nearly two weeks of work and just... What's not going to happen? And um, we started over and we were going to record at Mike's, Mike Heller's studio. But he moved and he was re, rebuilding it basically. And it was like, oh, how long is this going to take? Well, we'll mm-hmm. see. We did the Monsters of Rock cruise and Michael Wagner was on the cruise, you know, our old pal hanging out. Like, hey, would you be interested in mixing the next record? Absolutely. And then it was like, when is it going to be ready? Like, well, it's going to be a few months because Mike's building a studio. He says, well, I'm going into the hospital for a major procedure here. It'd be nice if we could uh, do it like now. We're like, well, where? And he goes, well, my studio. Come on down. So we went to Mike's place in Nashville and spent two weeks doing the guitars, the bass and the vocals. And it was awesome because, you know, he's the king. <laughs> he, he did a killer, killer job. But funnily enough, the mix wasn't all there. It wasn't quite what we wanted, so we ended up farming that out and auditioning a whole bunch of people. And this guy, Zeus, who's done a lot of modern rock stuff, like uh, Rob Zombie, maybe Queensryche, uh, I think he even did a corn record, I don't know. So, different world. Wow, okay. But... He gave it that 21st century production without uh, sacrificing the old school feel and making it real instead of fake, mm-hmm. which a lot of modern rock to me sounds like. You know, you've got the big triggered drums and the down tune and all that nonsense. So, you know, this has got that clash of the old with the new, which creates something totally different. Mm-hmm. So we were knocked out by that.
2: When worlds collide indeed, huh?
1: Oh, definitely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this year obviously has been what it has been. Uh, Are you guys starting to look towards touring plans for 2021, or is it too soon?
1: Well, we have a tour booked for Europe for February.
2: Oh, fantastic.
1: You know, so let's see. I mean, I'm just reading now that basically most of Scandinavia is just getting on with life the way it should be and used to be you know they didn't lock down and they're doing fine sweden's doing fine denmark's doing fine so that's uh, good news that that's is good indeed,
2: yeah huh? one of the things i miss most is seeing live music and uh, it's going to feel awfully good to finally get out and uh, catch a few bands again
1: oh yeah you know it's uh, you know like i said before let's not even get into it but i'm just looking forward to things getting back to some some sense of normality And when it does, I think people are going to be very amped up and fired up and want to go out and have a good time. And we'll be there to give it to them.
2: Absolutely. You know what? Actually, speaking of the pandemic, one of the cool things that has been sort of an outshoot of this has been people looking for new sort of uh, venues for expressing themselves. Like I've got friends who suddenly started doing cocktail videos or cooking videos. And uh, something interesting you've done is your daily noodles, which I have thoroughly enjoyed throughout the last few months. Sometimes it's a cover, sometimes it's just an original piece, but always just a little bit of really fantastic playing that you're posting. Uh, How did you get the idea to start doing those?
1: Well, it was, funnily enough, was a, a mate of mine, Tony Dolan, who's the singer and bass player in Venom Inc., Dear old mate of mine, it was his birthday And I'd just bought a seven string bass Mm -hmm. And I was showing it off And I just played him happy birthday on it And he was like, whoa I'm like, yeah, (laughs) hear what this thing can do And I did a couple of minutes worth of finger picking and stuff on it And he said, that's really cool And I thought, hmm, maybe other people would think the same thing So I, I put part of that up People liked it and I'm like right? Hey, why not so at this point I've done over 160 there's one went out every day for the past 160 days and it's basically just me there's a couple of guitar ones but you know, 90% are all bass mm-hmm. uh, it's just me in a bass and what can I do so you've got me playing it over the top lying on my knees playing it with a slide echo distortion wah wah aping Jimi Hendrix, like you said, you know, cover tunes, Tori Amos, Led Zeppelin, Radiohead, or you know, me doing crazy solos or nice finger picks outs and sods, on fretless, on an eight string, and on a regular bass. So you know, just shows what you can do. And it's it's challenging and it's fun.
2: Well, thank you. Every time I I see one of those pop up at my feet, it puts a smile on my face, and I always enjoy listening to it. So uh,
1: It's been a really pleasure. That's what it's all about. It's it's nice to put it out, it's nice to have it appreciated, too, yeah?
2: (laughs) All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with us here on the Bone Bat Show. Uh, One last question. We always ask all of our guests here, you may remember. John, what pisses you off, man?
1: What pisses me off? That's a very, very long list. (laughs) Uh, mm, You know what? I'm going to take the fifth on that right now. (laughs) Fair enough. Bad. We'll 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 go with bad tea.
2: Bad tea. uh, Yeah, it's it's changing.
1: Yeah, bad tea. Lipton. Lipton. Insipid weak tea. Yeah, let's go with that.
0: (laughs) All
2: righty, sir. Well, uh, what can you tell us about this next song?
1: The next song is the opener for our opus. This is called The Power. And lyrically, it's basically a bunch of personal and music business type politics framed as if it was Game of Thrones. (laughs) Seemed to be a fun way to do it. It's angry, fast, Mike comes right out the gate like a crazy man, and we have a good old guitar-bass battle at the end. Good stuff.
2: Beautiful. Here it is, folks. The Power.
1: And gentlemen this is john gallagher from raven and you are listening to the born Bat sure turn it up
2: all right once again that was the power from 2020's metal city thanks again to john for joining us on the show once again raven is john gallagher bass and vocals mark gallagher scorching rhythm and lead guitars and mike heller drums you can find their copious work at raven lunatics.com metal city is a cool listen pick up a copy for yourself today so what are we talking about now is it time for that gorge weird stuff i think it is you know
3: i i really don't know how to do these i'm still struggling with it like Retelling these things in my own words versus just reading the copy straight from the news. And I'm going to do the read the copy straight from the news this time.
2: Okay, I'll try to hold my interruptions to a minimum then.
3: Okay, okay. No no promises. <clears throat> a Utah man allegedly stole a truck. He said he needed to rendezvous with aliens. What? But he, Yeah, but he felt bad for stealing it and he returned it to the Seven Eleven from whence he had allegedly stolen it. None other than Mr. Bryce Gerald Dixon is accused of theft of a vehicle and three, count them, three attempts to escape from official custody after he returned a red pickup truck that he later told police he needed so that he could, quote, get to the Coliseum to get on a flight with alien diplomats. Really not the weirdest thing we've heard this week.
2: That is a thing. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. According to court
3: documents, Dixon intended to drive the truck all the way to Coliseum, wherever the hell that is, but he felt bad for stealing it, so he returned it to 7-Eleven. The truck had been reported stolen when the owner, who left his truck unlocked with the keys inside because he's a dumbass, while he stopped <laughs> while he stopped into the 7-Eleven. He's the one that called 911.
2: He had left his map to Coliseum. And an alien language book on the front seat.
3: (laughs) Weird. Perhaps he shouldn't have had those items there. (laughs) Police responded and investigated when an officer arrived at the convenience store. He was met by the truck's owner who said the man suspected of taking it had returned it and was running from the location. (laughs) The officer used his radio and another officer who threw the radio at the suspect and took him into custody. No, the officer used his radio and another officer took the suspect into custody. He was taken to a hospital for an injury sustained when he returned the truck and the owner punched him in his stupid face. (laughs) I am not making that up.
2: I feel like this is out of Raising, Arizona. It really is. Once in the
3: hospital, police said that Dixon tried to slip past the officers three times. I don't know why that's so funny. I just picture this guy with like a bandage on his nose, like trying to. Like, creep past the officers <laughs> like a sneaky guy in a cartoon. It like, doing that,
2: like a juke. Like, he's going to get around <laughs> them. And the cop's like, knock it off.
3: Yeah. What probably you like this 250-pound <laughs> cop.
0: Like,
3: Full-on battle rattle. <laughs> this, like, freaking crazy meth head weighing all the 98 pounds with a broken face. I don't know. He was booked in Utah County Jail on suspicion of theft of a motor vehicle and three counts of attempting to escape the police like a frickin' dumbass.
2: <laughs> three counts of cop jukes.
3: <laughs> Including special penalties were are adding for juking to the left. I don't know.
2: Not in my town, son.
3: I'm sorry. If you're going to juke, you better juke to the right.
2: Nobody goes that way with me. It's a step to the
0: left.
3: <laughs> yeah, weird times, weird times in Utah. That is my chord's weird stuff.
2: Wow, I, I I don't know what I could add to that. Holy I cow! Don't
3: think anyone can.
2: Maybe we should just listen to a tune.
3: It's not in the notes. We're listening to a tune now. I can't work in this environment.
2: Yeah, let's listen to a tune. On that note, this is one note. Battle scar. Enjoy. Once again, that was Raven with Battlescarred. You can find their music and merch at ravenlunatics.com. So, dude, got any multimedia triage this week? What are you
3: digging? Uh, I'm digging the Bigfoot Bill books that were just put out by Doug Tenopple, a fine cartoonist whom we interviewed on this very show roughly 10,000 years ago. Perhaps the tallest cartoonist we've ever interviewed.
2: That's totally possible.
3: Yeah, he's a tall man. And this new thing he put out, the books are amazing. The quality is first rate. They're full color. They're hardbound. They've got gold foil on the covers. They're beautiful books. And they're a lot like Creature Tech in that they are just lighthearted fun. There's gags in the panels themselves. The story is super, super creative. Just like nothing you've ever read before. And I absolutely love it. And he does it all with such a sense of just sweet innocence. It is not like the filthy, filthy crap we do on this podcast. (laughs) It is something you can let your kids read regardless of how old your kids are. Although there are some poop jokes, which are hilarious because I am like a small child. But Bigfoot built. Finger of Poseidon, Bigfoot Bill, Shadow of the Mothman. They're two books, and the third has yet to be written, as I understand it. But it's it's a three-part series, and if you can lay your hands on this stuff, it's fan-freaking-tastic. Doug Tanopel knocked it out of the park. Mine came with not only a big... Beautiful box, but it came with an Earthworm Jim comic. He's relaunching that series. It came with stickers. It came with a
2: patch. Nice.
3: Yeah. There's a unicorn in this story named Judgy, who's awesome. There's a Chupacabra. There's the Loch Ness Monster. Poseidon, obviously. Mothman, obviously. It, it Bigfoot, obviously. Just a bunch of great characters. And Los Angeles gets destroyed.
2: Which is always nice. (laughs) Beautiful.
3: Yeah. Check it out. What else? And then I watched a movie because of you and your Donald Sutherland thing. What? Yeah. People, if you don't know what I'm talking about in about a week, you will. I watched the Burnt Orange Heresy because I wanted to watch an artsy-fartsy movie. It had Donald Sutherland in it. It had Mick Jagger in it who was apparently so short he may be my size. I didn't realize that. Like every scene with Mick Jagger, he's like coming up to everybody else's armpit. It was kind (sighs) of weird. Artsy-fartsy movie, really great first and second acts, really beautiful. And then the third act comes completely apart. You go, wait, why do these characters, I don't understand what anyone's doing. I found out it was uh, a movie based on a book, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the book except the title is one of those. So, hey, burn orange heresy. If you like artsy-fartsy movies, maybe give this one a miss.
2: <laughs> All right.
3: And then I watched because I like – oh, God. What's her name? Sandra Oh, the woman from uh, – oh, God. Now it's Villanelle, escaping me. Uh, Villanelle her? and –
2: Killing
3: Eve. Yeah. So it's got Sandra Oh from Killing Eve. I decided to watch a movie that she did called Cat Fight, which is supposed to be a dark comedy – it's kind of neat it's like the, the tale of these two women who were friends in college they want their separate ways and then they meet years later and they left on bad terms and they end up fighting and then it it's sort of punctuated the movie is punctuated by these fights and then it starts up later life has changed for both of them they end up together again having a fight and so on it was it was a fun movie it was some knockdown dragout fights it must have been kind of fun to act in But the ending is a dead frickin' stop. It's like you're watching the movie, and then all of a sudden someone goes, that's it, we ran out of film, it's done. (laughs) It was the weirdest goddamn thing. Both my wife and I at the same time yelled, that's the end? (laughs) Weird. So, I don't know, Catfight left me wanting.
2: Huh. Okay. Yeah. So
3: what else though? You know, Archer's back on, and and he's out of his coma, and it's so great to see all the characters acting like themselves again. I'm loving Archer. The boys, the boys is so back on Amazon mean, so for season Archer two. Wait the, wait, 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 the
2: island stuff and the space stuff. All of that was while he was in a coma. Yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> no, I haven't watched any of the new season yet. Oh yeah, each
3: season is like a fever dream a coma dream, and and then like <laughs> oh, the that's very right. end of there was the last like the season. Uh,
2: the old timey Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood in the in the '40s season two.
3: Yeah, these were all adventures in in Sterling Archer's mind.
2: Got it. Okay.
3: Yeah, but he came out of his coma, and while he was in a coma for years, the what do you want to call it? It used to be ISIS, but it's not ISIS anymore. The spy agency he works
2: for. The agency. There you go.
3: Yes, the the company, the family business, became a well-oiled machine. Without his influence there, they got real good at what they do. And so, of course, he comes back and fucks everything up because he's Sterling (laughs) Archer. (laughs) Right. And it's wonderful, and I love it.
2: Yeah, I've got to catch up on that.
3: You do. Also wonderful, and I love it, The Boys, season two.
2: Woo! I think I've watched the first two or three. Uh, How many episodes are there now?
3: I don't know, but I'm one back. we, We
2: watched them in one big slug, but at the time there was only like three and then I haven't gone back, so I think there's probably that many again, so.
3: Yeah, it's just it it was good last time, it's great this time. Okay. Really hits the uh the ten the tone of our times like nobody's business. More so than Umbrella Academy. It's great.
2: Excellent. What about you? What are you watching? You know, I haven't been watching anything. Nothing since the last show. Alright then. This is what I've got. We watched American Werewolf in London again. Okay, There's you've seen a that. brand new 4K Blu-ray release from Arrow Video that is gorgeous. It looks so good. And damn, that movie holds up. It's still fantastic. It's still as funny and as scary. That transformation still looks as painful as it ever did.
3: Not as bad as the one in uh, Wolf Cop, though.
2: <laughs> That's true. But, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, go back and revisit it. I'm not going to pretend like if you listen to this podcast, you haven't seen American Werewolf in London. Yeah, good point. You know you have. So, But, yeah, if you haven't seen it in a minute, go see it again. And uh, this Arrow video version is freaking gorgeous. So if you don't own it, uh, that's a good excuse to pick it up. Another video that uh, I've sort of had kicking around the house for a while, and... Uh, I Thought I Would Try When We Were Stuffing Swag Bags is a film from 1980 called The Nest. Are you familiar with this one?
3: I am not. I thought that was something from Amazon.
2: It's uh, directed by Terrence, Terrence H. Winkless in his directorial debut, produced by and produced by Julie Corman, starring Robert King, Robert Lansing, Lisa Langlois, Frank Luce, and Terry Treese. It's interesting film. It's kind of like Jaws with Cockroaches. So there's this this small town that is kind of a you know vacation hotspot, and the, the local sheriff is dating a gal down at the diner and he's exploring town but uh, animals keep disappearing lately. It's kind of weird and his old girlfriend who moved away four years ago comes back to town and uh, her father is a cockroach. No cockroach oh. scientist in the area <laughs> and uh it turns out that experiments were done and crazy shit has been going, happening. And, uh, you know, for the first half of it, it's your run-of-the-mill 80s low-budget horror movie. Kind of fun, kind of forgettable. But there are great effects, great practical effects, and some great kills in the last half hour. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that this was a video that... Uh, you know, I would probably pass on to someone, but uh, I'm keeping this as a uh, piece of the permanent collection now. So uh, yeah, It's the a keeper, Nest. huh? Yeah, The Nest. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It's a fun film.
3: Right on. So, a little sidetrack here. Yeah. I rarely go back and watch something that I've seen before, regardless of if it's been remastered in ultra 4K, spooge around or whatever. But... Because of a boring discussion I had about a piece of music with my wife, I convinced her to go watch something with me that I'd already seen before, and it was the episode of Black Mirror, Shut Up and Dance. That's the one that starts out, the kids watching porn, and then he has to go on a series of misadventures from a nameless troll, or group of trolls, sending him messages on his cell phone, getting him to do more and more and more messed up things, and the story sort of evolves as you go through it and and expands and I think it's one of the best things that has ever been on TV. Just as a piece of film. It is just just amazing. I I think you probably feel maybe not the same,
2: but similar, right? Yeah, it was a good episode. Okay, well maybe I mean, not I, as I, intense I, I did, as I do. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I, I didn't think it was life changing, but it was good. I thought it was life changing.
3: I thought it was, and I really wanted to share this with my wife because i thought it was a really great piece of film so she watched it with me and she was so upset because this is <clears throat> black mirror so you are uh, you know it's yeah, probably it's not gonna be happy fucking
2: ending all right oh my
3: god yes it just leaves you with this complicated mix of feelings of like feeling bad but not bad enough because perhaps you felt good about something earlier and yeah and she's like. I nothing, I am not on board with anything I've just watched. That was terrible. I don't know why anyone would subject themselves to this. So I kept telling her, I'm like, really? You didn't think it was good? That piece of film because of this, and the acting, and the way it was constructed, and da-da-da, and she's like, it has nothing to do with that. It's the subject matter. It's just the, the feeling of tension, and it's just, it makes you feel bad, and I'm like, yeah, it makes you feel bad, but I mean, wasn't it powerful? Like, and she... I reached over and she's like sweating through her clothes. She's so upset by this thing. She has this visceral reaction. I'm like, see, it was a really great piece of film. Look how you're reacting. To it. You're going to be thinking about this the next day. But she is of the opinion that it was a terrible, terrible thing because it made her feel bad. And she's going to be thinking about it the next day. And I finally realized there's some people out there that just can't compartmentalize the stuff like like I can and like you can, where you can see something and you go, Oh man, that was messed up. I'm gonna put this in this little mental box over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was uh, it was eye opening. Also, I lost a lot of husband points. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, well, I'm always surprised when I bump into somebody, and you know, like you get you to, know, oh, what do you do, or what are your hobbies? Oh, you know, I run a comedy horror film festival. Oh, I hate horror movies. Can't watch it. That, I always find that like the strangest thing that where you're, somebody is willing to just block out a fucking genre. To me, that, that's like saying, yeah, I don't read or I don't (laughs) watch TV. I mean, well, wait, but there's so many different flavors. There's nothing there for you, you know, so I always find that surprising, but yeah, maybe that is, I definitely have a higher tolerance, you know, uh, speaking of something like a, a short, in our fourth block, is absolutely freaking terrifying this year. A noise right. that carries. You know, it. you don't get me very often. You can startle me with a jump scare, but you don't terrify me too often. And it's rare when that happens, but it still does happen. And I'm glad. I guess that uh, means I'm still alive. That's great. That's a good well, sign. Well,
3: you like appreciate it for, yeah. for how well it did that thing. It's like watching... Okay. Like watching a professional athlete do a, a leap over somebody else who's trying to tackle them and running into the end. So you're like, God damn that. Well done, sir. You know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, no, I guess for some people, it's like they want no part of that because they don't want to feel terrified. Like, why would you want to feel terrified? That's terrible.
2: Yeah. But to me, that visceral reaction, the chills, the goosebumps, the startle, you know, that's like laughing. The laughter, that is also a physical effect that I enjoy in the film. So, Yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm weird.
3: No, I don't. Well, you're my flavor of weird then, Steve. <laughs> Glad to hear it. I like it too. So, <laughs> uh, is that it for multimedia triage? Yeah. You want to listen to a too? Sure.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to go all the way back to Raven's all-for-one release. This is Break the Chain, one of my favorite Raven cuts. Enjoy. again that was break the chain by raven from 1983's all for one i hope you enjoyed it and following that uh, from 2015's party killers i threw in raven's cover of he's a whore from cheap trick what do you think of that Gord? Woo! i think that's it man is that it man i think that's all we got let's wrap uh this show up thank you again to right. john gallagher for joining us on the show and for sharing Raven's music with us Uh, once again the 10th Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival is happening online on a screen near you this Saturday, October 10th, so get your tickets now, it's going to be a fantastic time people, I'm telling you, you can't always have that much fun in one place, it's a rare thing
3: I try, but I think you're right
2: maybe you can have it both days All right, our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email. I'm steve at bonehand.com. Shoot us a note. You can find new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour.
3: And you can see my stuff, so to speak, at mightywombat.com. And who
2: doesn't like to see Gord's stuff?
3: Nobody. That's who doesn't like to see my stuff. Comics, cartoons, Weird pictures, also got a Facebook page, and we also have a Facebook sh- page for the Bone
2: Bat Show. We do indeed, as well as a event page, which is where we keep the aforementioned Trailer of the Day. We got O.I. this week, got Oh, yeah. We got the, oh, devils, yeah. the Devil's Asshole this week. Oh, yeah. We've got Lily this week. Oh, yeah. We've got some good trailers to share, so uh, check it out. Is that it? That's it. Okay, uh, let's do one last tune then from Raven and their brand new release, Metal City. This is called When Worlds Collide. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve.
3: This is Gord.
2: Have a good one.
3: I do have a
1: good one.
0: Woohoo!
3: trying to be a little less horrible since when thursday